Welcome to our podcast called Optimizing, Leading Africa's Digital Future. This is Professor Barry Gwilatsky. In these special episodes of our podcast, I'm in conversation with experts talking about topics related to digital transformation. Beck is an internationally famous software engineer. He is the uh, one of the key signatories of something called the Agile Manifesto. He's also the inventor of extreme programming and the person who put test-driven development on the map. Kent has a long association with South Africa through the Joburg Center for Software Engineering. In 2020, he was part of a podcast series that that uh, was uh, done by me, Barry Wilatsky, and my co-host, Karen Gammy. Uh, the podcast is called Optimizing, Leading Africa's Digital Future, and it can be found either on uh, www.thegrandgeeks.africa or just by searching for optimizing leading Africa's digital future on any podcasting app. As part of a much longer conversation, Ken spoke about his 3X model. And the 3X model features very strongly in the digital transformation spiral model presented in this course. Here is an extract of that longer interview with Kent talking about the 3x model. If you want to hear the whole podcast, please uh, go to Optimizing Leading Africa's Digital Future or www.thegrandgeeks.africa. There is a very important distinction between reversible and irreversible decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, if you can undo a decision, then don't agonize over it, just do it. If you can't undo a decision, then you should think very carefully. Mm. Many of the decisions that we make in programming are, are reversible, and we can work to make more of them reversible. I've been reviewing books on uh, systems design, not computer systems, but, but more generally. Um, and I'm astonished the degree to which people are still trying to make good decisions instead of structuring projects so that you don't have to make good decisions before you have the information. So there's, there's still lots and lots of focus on, uh, okay, so you, you have to decide X, Y, and Z. So, and you don't have the information, so here's how you guess. And I think, wow, if you took that same energy and restructured the project so that you could try something out, and if it didn't work, you could undo it, then you wouldn't have to guess. Now, yes, there would be work involved. It's, there's a, an inefficiency to operating in that way. But there are just some things like a, a company's reputation that you can't reverse. Oh, you know, we're sorry that uh, that we paid the wrong people a whole bunch of money. Please give us the money back. That's not going to go well, period. So you should be very careful. I work for a, a payroll company, Gusto, 
now. And we have to make a very clear distinction between irreversible decisions, things having to do with money or security, and the reversible decisions, some change in the user interface or some some workflow for the small business owners that we serve. If it doesn't work out, we change it back. It's no big deal. Or even even more reversible are, are the systems design decisions that we make. If somebody wants to refactor something, I go, just do it. Don't, don't plan it. Don't get somebody's permission. Just do it. Because if I, if I extract a function out of some bigger function and then I realize that's a bad idea, I just inline it and I'm done. It's reversible. So don't think about that. Just do it and see how it works out. If you came to me with that same strategy for our, our, uh, uh, privacy or security policies, I would toss you out because you can't undo it. So for me, that's the distinction that I needed to make. And Karen, I I did maybe a little what you did. I tried to apply extreme programming to my relationships and it just didn't work out. But it's not that the ideas don't apply. It's that there is this strong distinction between reversible and irreversible decisions. And I need to take that into account. Um, Kent, it, it kind of rings a bell for me in terms of because you you uh, did fantastic work ar- around extreme programming and agile, and you you uh, didn't stop there. I mean, you you've been doing amazing stuff since. And uh, when you were here last, you uh, did some amazing um, seminars on what you call your three X um, approach or your three X philosophy. <laughs> model and it it kind of has in in the first exit is that that kind of reversibility could you just maybe speak for a few minutes about a 3x and and in fact anything else you've been doing in the last 15 years or so that have moved on from xp and agile barry we only have another hour i don't have time for this um (laughs) sure (laughs) I'll give you the the uh, the short answer. Quick version. <laughs> so three X is the observation that uh, in the growth of an idea, whether it's a product or a technique or a company, there are distinct phases in that growth, and they require distinct approaches. So. Uh, Everything in nature uh, grows according to this S-shaped logistic curve, uh, which is uh, the, the balance, the dance between a reinforcing loop where for a while, the more you grow, the faster you grow, and an inhibiting loop that eventually kicks in where the more you grow, the harder it is to grow. So this the 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 combination of those two loops creates this s-shaped curve in the early phases what i call explore you got nothing to lose you have a lot to gain you have a small chance of a big big success so your best strategy is to try a little bit of everything and and karen i hinted at this with with music and this is my approach to music too on my soundcloud page i just upload whatever. I have 
things I call one mic, one take, where I'll just sing a song and every once in a while, one of those songs is much more popular than others, but I couldn't predict it. So that's that explore stage where you can't predict success. So your best approach is just try a little bit of everything. And the cheaper you can make your experiments, the more likely you are to be successful. Could I just maybe say that that kind of sounds like that that concept of reversibility you were talking about? Yeah, so there's, uh, yeah. there's no big deal if you make the wrong choice because you're exploring. Absolutely. So, so Karen, in your musical journey, I would say your your biggest advantage now is that you have nothing to lose and nobody mm -hmm. cares. Yep. It's, what a wonderful resource because right? you're absolutely free to do anything. Yeah, this is actually something. So now that I'm growing older and wiser, I think there's a, a perception that uh, you're just meant to be good at things, you know, because you've been doing it so long and you kind of don't get the uh, what is the word? Um, the same kind of concession that you did when you were a novice or just learning something. And I'm always like, that makes no sense. I feel like I'm just always learning something. So I should always get the concession of being like a novice or an amateur because it's so hard to know everything in its entirety. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay. So, so let's say you've been exploring for a while and people are unaccountably interested in something that you've done. The first observation is the rules of the game change in that moment. You, you've mm -hmm. gone from a small chance of a big success mm -hmm. to a fairly big chance of a big success because of the reaction that people have had. Yeah. And your behavior needs to change as a result of the, the change in the trade-offs. Whereas in, in exploration, you should be wildly creative and try a little bit of lots of things in expansion that that vertical growth phase you need mm -hmm. to be ruthlessly focused on whatever's preventing the next stage of growth deal with that as quickly as you can because if you're lucky there'll be another bottleneck to your growth and another and another so expansion is the is the one damn thing after another phase and fortunately that's relatively short but the style of management Oftentimes the people involved, the amount of funding involved, um, the, the way that you track progress is completely different in expansion than it was in, in exploration. Do you feel like you learned that lesson uh, introspectively or experientially? Or did you feel like you learned that lesson because other people were like, whoa, okay, you're now in this expansionary phase, so you gotta, you know, you gotta shift and you gotta realign. Well, first, I'm hardly the first person to notice this shift. Mm -hmm. um, for me, the the insight came from being at Facebook, and it took me five years to to suss it out. Facebook looked like just a chaotic clown show, and yet the results were really amazing. They had this combination of stable production rapid scaling and innovation and lots of companies can't do one of those the companies that can do one have a hard time doing two and nobody i'd seen was able to do all three and the the secret at facebook is that projects in different phases were managed 
very, very differently. And when, when you made the transition, somebody would notice and say, ah, it's time to shift gears. So the, the third phase, that, that expansion phase is, is uh, unpredictable, uncontrolled growth where you're just trying to get out of the way of the growth that's naturally going to happen. Eventually, a diminishing return sets in. And then you have the extraction phase where you're pulling value out of what you did. That again is its own set of rules, its own set of trade-offs. You're at scale. You have a lot to lose now. Whereas in the early, in the exploration phase, you got nothing to lose because nobody cares. In the expansion phase, you don't have time to think about what you have to lose. You're just trying to grow as fast as you can. In the extraction phase, you have a lot to lose. So the 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 crazy creativity of the early days needs to go away with respect to the success that you've had and now now that you've gone through that that cycle once then the magic and this is what facebook did so well for so long was managing different projects in di- that that are in different phases in a completely different way so at Facebook, if somebody wanted to, tr- in the 2011 Facebook, let me be specific, somebody wanted to try something, I'd just go try it. And if it seemed, if it wasn't obviously bad, it would go into production and you'd see what happened. And that's something you can do when you're small and, and relatively unknown. Uh, and the mindset, that mindset is tuned to those reversible decisions. The problem comes now you've got some uh, uh, a gigantic revenue stream and you want to protect it. Now you have to become conservative for that part of the business while still allowing people to go do crazy things. Because the s- success is always going to be a, a surprise. Those explorations that, that transition into expansion it's always going to be a surprise because if it wasn't a surprise, it would be an extraction for something else. Say, oh, people are using the product in completely surpri- uh, uh, unexpected ways. Good. That's a sign that you've found another uh, possible expansion. Uh, so it's, it's a surprise, but it's not at random. You have to be prepared to uncover that idea and then when it takes off, you need to shift gears, go into that expansion mode, and then realize when uh, diminishing returns are starting to set, set in and shift to a more sustainable mode while sparking off the ideas for the next round of innovation. That was an extract from the podcast Optimizing Leading Africa's Digital Future. In this special episode of Optimizing, we spoke to Kent Beck. It it was presented by me, Barry Dwalaski, and my co-host, Karen Gammy. Music is by Callum Cool, and logo design by Evan Wigdorowitz. Optimizing is a podcast that can be found on any podcasting site and also on the companion website www.thegrandgeeks.fm.
Thank you.